0: You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network,
1: with Van Burnett and Steve Gisweli. Welcome back everyone, it is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 126, today is Thursday, January 25th. I am Van Burnett, joined as always by Steve Gisweli, we are back in the chair, Steve, for Gosh, what feels like a whirlwind of different things we could talk about. We got PitchCon going on. Uh, We got some, you know, some small life news of of me becoming a father since our last recording. We still haven't gotten a draft in the books, but this is a fantastic topic for us to get another primer. We're switching finally over to starting pitching. And we've got starting pitching targets all across the ADP ranges. Going to be a fantastic show. Uh, love sneaking an episode in, in the middle of PitchCon week, because it's like, we're already in the headspace anyway. So, very excited, uh, we can talk about that, we can talk about anything, Steve, how you been, man?
0: Way to, uh, bury the lead there, with, uh, you know, the small life news of becoming a dad. Um, shout out to you guys, super happy for you, you know, uh honored that I was like, you know, in that initial range of texts to you know, to get the news and everything like that You flew um, me out to Jersey for your wedding Steve. Yeah, the least I can do is shoot you a
1: text yeah, to tell yeah. you I'm a, a fellow girl dad
0: No, 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 it's uh, it just speaks to this great relationship that is uh, and friendship that has stemmed from this uh, wonderful podcast and you know, because of that and there was some other life stuff going on uh, for me as well and I think this is definitely the longest that we've gone between episodes 100%. Um, yep. because we're in the two week cycle and we, we we had to miss one due to, you know, you becoming a dad. Like you just glossed over there quickly. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, 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 it's great because I think this is like our wheelhouse. It's one of my favorite episodes, uh, the starting picture targets. And, you know, also it, it's, it's, I know we pride ourselves on on not taking breaks and and, and not missing episodes, um, but it, but it you know it, it definitely gave me the itch, and I know that uh, a few people reached out to me. Hey, when's the next episode? Which is kind of a, a nice humbling thing. Shout out to uh, Anthony R, who was uh, texting my sister. Actually, uh, his her coworker um, was like, well, "Hey, what wh- what's going on? Where's where's the <laughs> where's the episode?" And th- that's how you know you're Love one that. of us when you're like itching for. Fantasy baseball episodes in the middle of January, um, even though we are creeping up on, on draft season. And, and I do feel that PitchCon is a great kickoff to fantasy baseball season. Um, so
1: that's it's a, great, that's to, great nice to get segue. back into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice segue because, shameless plug, since this comes out on Thursday, on Friday, I will be on with uh, Nando Dafino. And also Joe Bond at 10 a.m. Central, so 11 Eastern, talking about sleepers and busts in, on the hitter side. So I'm doing pitching on this show, Steve, then shifting over to hitters for that one. Uh, but you guys got to check out PitchCon if you have not. Uh, we, you know, this is a annual event. Gosh, it's probably been running for 10 years. I don't have it in front of me, but... Uh, PitcherList.com slash PitchCon. You guys got to go out, check out all of the stuff that's happening every day. There's nonstop content from 11 a.m. till the late hours of the night. Uh, Constant panels. It's fantastic. And the proceeds go toward ALS. So we are halfway toward our $10,000 goal. Go out, donate, guys. Uh, It's a fantastic cause. And it's so cool seeing the whole fantasy industry come together. Hell, today we had Jeff Passan on the show as a surprise guest where Nick Pollock was all, you know, suit and tie talking to Jeff Pass. And man, it is like, sometimes you got to pinch yourself and say, man, this is so cool to be a part of this personally, but also for PitcherList as an organization to see how it's grown. So very, very cool. Um, but that's, that's the the bigger picture, Steve, uh, for us, for WAF faithful, we are talking, starting pitching today and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of names here, Steve. We're probably going to have to uh, move faster than we typically do because we've got a nice little structure here. We got ADP pick one to 50. I got a guy. Steve's got a guy. We got ADP 50 to 100. I've got a guy and Steve's got a guy. And then once we go past pick 100, that's kind of the the honeypot, right? When we're really trying to load up. So we, we double up. And for 100 to 200, I'll talk about two. Steve will talk about two. Same with 200 to 300. We'll each talk about two. And then we got a, a late round flyer post-pick 300. Uh, all pitchers. So get the pen and paper out because we're always trying to find next year's guy. So, uh, Steve, anything to add there or any thoughts you want to put into kind of the, the general approach on this topic?
0: I know we talk about how much we like to wait on pitching, and I've sort of converted you to that. Um Strategy along with you know Nick who who also is a, a pioneer of that uh, more so than me for sure um, but I, I think it's important that we we do hit on all of the ADP ranges because there's not you know there's more than uh, one way to win and one strategy that works in fantasy baseball so I, I did think that it it was important to at least have guys in the in in the earlier range um, you know uh, I don't think we need to explain why. Spencer Strider still is a good pick despite us not wanting to spend a first round pick on him. But, you know, there's still guys in that later range that if you do want to get a true SP1, um, I think it's important to identify and talk about what we like about um, guys in those ranges too. So, um, yeah, that was just a little little bit into the thought process when putting together this rundown and the, the ideas for this show.
1: Well, let's start it off. Um, ADP 1 through 50. Steve, uh, the floor is yours. I will, I will identify mine on the fly because I know we were kind of shifting the structure of this, but I, I've got at least a couple names. But if you want to lead us off and then I will come in with basically my how I would advise someone who was going to pick a pitcher from 1 to 50.
0: Yeah, this is someone that we've talked about. Um, we've talked about him when he was probably going around pick eighty, um, but he does now fall into this range at at pick forty six. So you'd have to spend what, like a top three round pick in a in a fifteen teamer um, if you want if you want to land him. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do need to grab a pitcher in the third round, um, and and I think in in deeper industry NFPC type leagues or, you know, TGFBI or if I did ever play in the main event, uh, I would consider taking a pitcher on this range um, due to the fact that it's a weekly lineup too um, and pitching is bumped up. The guy that I would do this on is Yoshinobu Yamamoto, um, someone that I talked a lot about um, on previous episodes sure the cost has gone up but i still firmly believe that he will be an sp1 um, you know and has the potential to be a top five top 10 starting pitcher and he's currently being drafted as the the 14th pitcher uh, off the board um, there's two closers briefly ahead of him so probably the, the like 11th starter
1: or so um, 12th starter. Um but still this one's so late that it's like yeah. right on the fringe of where I'm actually comfortable yeah, grabbing yeah. an SP one <laughs> like like where
0: Gossman was last year. It, this is of. the Ga- this is the Gossman range. This is this is the Gossman range, and honestly it it seems similar to a Gossman profile. Like he's got the seventy grade splitter, he's got really good command. I think he probably has a better fastball than Gossman. I know Gossman's gotten really His a lot hit better hard. at that. It Gossman's gets hit hard, gets but hit he's hard. In, he's improved the location. Um, like, you know, uh, I just don't see how this guy doesn't come in right away and, and, and dominate. And I think that we saw what, um, you know, pitchers coming over from, from, from the, from, uh, NPB, from mm-hmm. the Japanese league, um, can do right away with Tanaka. And even with the Mets last year, and Kodai Senga, um, This seems a lot like Kodai Senga without the walk issues. Um, And Kodai Senga without walk issues is the top five starting pitcher in my mind. So uh, he's got five pitches all above a a 45 grade um, on Fangraphs, an 80 grade command. Uh, I I just don't see how, even at this price of ADP 48 right now, there isn't value to be had with how good uh, he could potentially be. It's uh, ADP 46. And just for clarity, we are looking at NFBC drafts over the last 10 days. Um, So the the, – or sorry, 14 days, two weeks. So from the 10th of January to the 24th, uh, the night that we're recording this.
1: Yeah, I mean, all all around, I – I agree, Steve, and I think I might I might have some shares because, like I said, I think that's where I'm comfortable. It also I'm not uh, upset that he's going to the Dodgers. I think for for, for win sure. potential, Great I know point. that's kind of base level analysis, but um, I think that's yeah all of all things for Yamamoto are very exciting. I know when we talked about him before, I was also really excited about the volume they were projecting out for him at like 185 innings. Uh, the only thing which we'll talk about later. The Dodgers suddenly have, like, six, maybe even, like, seven arms that are, like, interesting. And I'm not saying that any of those would edge out Yabamoto obviously. He's he's going to be their ace. But if the Dodgers are going to dodge her and give him, like, some, you know, fake IL stint or something, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes their tinkering just kind of annoys me. But I still think you can plan on 175, 180 innings from him. I don't which think that's a bad
0: thing, especially from— someone that comes in in Japan, um, you know, you have a day of the week that you pitch on essentially. It's not the, the five man rotation like it is here, uh, in in the LLB. Um, you pitch every six days and I I forget where, where I was listening to it or or the, the tweet that I read about it, but the Dodgers had the highest percentage of starters pitch on more than, you know, the standard four days rest, like every fifth day. Um, they really try to get their guys extra rest in between starts. And I think that works. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that helps um, someone that comes over from a league where they're not used to pitching every every five days. It's every six days. So if that's going to be the case, I can only see that. Sure, that may prevent him from getting to 200 innings, but who gets to 200 innings anyway? Um, you know, right. I'm totally fine with uh, 160 innings of – this elite starting pitcher that I think he can be, even if it does mean he's only is going to make, you know, 28 starts rather than 32 or something like that.
1: Yeah. So that's Yamamoto. And, and that's one that I would also endorse at the end of this range of one to 50. I'll go a, a beginning and a middle uh, of the whole group, Steve. I know this seems like a, an extreme approach, but Spencer Strider at the top, when you just look at the auction values and the fact that he's Like the biggest cliff among any pitchers, if you're looking at like tiers with the auction calculator, is from Spencer Strider to everyone else. So I think it's almost that like zig where others zag approach of like, yes, I'm not interested in the starter. But if I were to grab one, I think I'd rather just go for something first round Strider and then just load up on bats all the way till the eighth round or something like that. Um, If you're going to take a pitcher in the first round. It's got to be Strider.
0: I totally yes, agree with that. Yes, for sure. And, and, and I'm and honestly surprised think... that that's the consensus, too. Maybe not surprised isn't the right word. I'm, Strider's ADP is 7.6 right now. Uh, he's going, you know, 7th or 8th pick. Um, his min is 3, max is 14, so he's got to go in the first round in an FPC, essentially. Then the next pitcher is Garrett Cole at 14. So, um the, the Strider is, good. and I say that I'm I'm a little bit surprised just because sort of the surface numbers, and there was some frustrating starts from Strider towards the end of right. the year. I mean, it was a 3.86 ERA uh, by all the metrics that you know was a fluke essentially. Um, I sure. think that's why, though, right? It's like yeah. that, if that's but a
1: floor, 281 strikeouts, yeah. 20 wins, yeah, you sign up uh, for that, even even yeah. even with the 3.86 ERA, but. I don't think
0: he's going to have a 3.86 ERA or anything close to that. No like, way. No there was way. just so many weird starts with him, um, and the swing and miss was just still there throughout the whole time, even in the starts where he did get touched up for a few homers and a few more runs than you would expect. So I totally agree with that. If And, and you know, there is going to be a pitcher that goes in the first round, maybe two. If you're going to do that, i I, I would be totally okay with it being Spencer Strider and then you loading up on bats for the next three, four rounds, whatever it is. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, you know, the, there's there's a pack in the middle of this range, too, that I'm generally speaking uh, mm-hmm. comfortable with in terms of the, the pitchers themselves, like that Gossman, Castillo, Pablo Lopez range. I know a lot of people like Kirby. I don't think Kirby offers quite the strikeouts that those other three guys do, does, but Obviously, Kirby's the command artist. Um, but anyway, I think we've focused enough on this section, knowing yep, that agreed. you and I personally won't, uh, you know, be dipping into the one through fifty range too often. This next range, however, is where we are shopping for SP ones, possibly SP SP twos, and I'll just kind of go snake style here, Steve, because mine it, I, I've kind of hinted at it throughout the off season. But it, sorry, one of we're, we're ADP
0: fifty to hundred now.
1: Yes, apologies. 50 to 100, probably my pitching target of the offseason. This one could be in the the chalkboard, the bold predictions. It's Zach Eflin at an ADP of 90. Uh, I saw saw Nick Pollock write up something about how, you know, Eflin might have had a career year, and it's not to say it's not deserved, but he just wants to chase stuff that's a little bit more fun. To me, it doesn't get more fun than when the Rays (laughs) – Ace on opening day is going at pick 90 and he's had a sub five percent walk rate for three years straight. <laughs> Eflin, I and I get it, guys. I, I know that he had like a, a tarnished brand when he was with the Phillies, but they have taken that curveball completely, gotten the most out of it. And of course, he has too. I, we can't give the Rays all the credit, uh, but the curveball has been insane. He had the 27th, excuse me, 27th best strikeout rate in all the majors, 14th best CSW. And the fact that he's just 29 years old is where I'm looking at this and just saying like, he's probably going to go 180 innings. I don't see any reason why his ERA needs to be higher than like a 3.3 on projections. His whip is amongst the best because he just never walks guys. And last year he had a, yeah, like a, career best K rate, which to me isn't really an accident when you join the Rays and that curveball's always had a ton of potential. On top of that, he also introduced a cutter last year that he leaned on and, and kind of unlocked the whole mix. So I'm just pumped up about Eflin more than anything at pick 90. I get that there's some guys who are going to have a 30% K rate. Eflin's not going to be quite that. But to me, this is like... I don't know the the, the new Joe Musgrove or something, but I'm going to have a lot of shares of Zach Eflin. So that's that's mine in this range that I feel much stronger about than the the one through fifty class. There was you know so much there as far
0: as far as what to like with Eflin and and the fact that he went to the Rays, um, the fact that he had an elite pitch, um, the fact that he was able to do so many ground balls and keep hard contact down all he needed to do was bump up that strikeout rate from what, 22% to twenty six and a half percent. And he did that. And with that, you know, an SP like one and a half was born, you know? Um, <laughs> right, but there, there's right. not really not like, you know, I I probably shouldn't even be hesitating to call him an SP one. Like he did it. He is he the innings question mark. He went 177 innings. That was 27th best in the majors. Um, the walk rate is absolutely elite like if you're striking out guys at 27% of the time only walking guys 3.4% of the time while inducing 52% ground balls like you're not going to be bad like it's almost right. impossible to um you know paired with the fact that you know he does a decent job limiting hard contact and sure it's not the elite of the elite strikeout rate And you kind of are missing that if he is your SP1. But I think you can believe in the 26.5% strikeout rate because there was a a jump and swing strike rate with it. So, um, you know, I I think that there's more um, to believe um, with the strikeout rate rather than just thinking of it as a a career year. Um, Sure, maybe there's a little bit regression, but he does so much else so good that... Even if it is, you know, a mix between 2022 and 2023, um, where he had, you know, the 4.4 ERA and just a 20 percent strikeout rate, like you take the 3.65 ERA with, you know, or 3.75 ERA with the 25 percent strikeout rate, um, and there's not going to be too too much downside from that because the walk rate is so good, and you know there was the uptick in, in swing strike rate.
1: Yeah, it's in there, too. I mean, when you, like, game log him, uh, struck out 10 Pittsburgh Pirates, struck out 11 Yankees, struck out 10 Angels. Like, he's got a handful of games where he had 9Ks. Like, I I, I think we were too quick to, like, say that somebody doesn't have the chance to take a step forward, especially at age 29. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's a rhythm thing. Like, I know when I brought something, a similar argument up to Nick when we were having our podcast— he said, like, oh, well, look at the games around that. There's a game worth four strikeouts or five strikeouts. And it's like, yes, I I get that. But I love to see when a guy can go out. And, like, it's almost like a ceiling within a game. And if the ceiling within a game is they can strike out 11 guys and throw, like, a two-hitter, to me, that's exciting that that's in there somewhere. So, anyway, love Eflin. Yeah. Um, curveball ramped up spin rate last year too like I just think there's so many things that I love here and, and I'm very happy the industry's not surging him up to like pick 70 so uh, Steve you're up on this range pick 50 to 100 so I'll go with the guy currently going 82nd overall the
0: 34th pitcher off the board um, and that's Yuri Perez um, I'm sort of a, a sucker for for these guys that show flashes of brilliance and um, and 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 show an upside and just seemingly need to take the next final step, um like potential s p ones or I guess uh, you know, you know, my type. um there's a lot of these guys that I have on these lists, uh-huh. and I think Yuri Perez sort of is exactly that, like he was super close to probably being drafted like thirty to forty picks higher if you know he stayed. Um, up in the majors um, and and made a few more starts um, and they didn't really limit his innings. Um, But a reason why I do like him is because he did get to 127 innings. um,
1: 128
0: between the majors and the minors last year. So um, I don't think there is going to be as much of a concern. Sure, the walk rate is a little elevated, but like this has the potential to be like the best strikeout arm um like pre spencer strider you know before he was strider sort of pitcher in my mind like i think this guy has the stuff to be the best pitcher in baseball a 16.8 percent swinging strike rate that is absolutely insane he throws his fastball 98 miles an hour um you know sure, there's not a lot of ground balls and there may be a bit of homers and you would like the walk rate to get a little bit better. But, mm-hmm. like, if there's a guy that you could project as far as, like, arm talent, um, you know, he never had a walk rate above eight in the minors uh, other than, you know, his first stint in 2021 at at at, at A-ball. Um, and, you know, during those stops, he was striking out, like, 38% of the guys, 37% of the guys, uh he faced uh in, in those limited samples in the minors. So I think that this is just, you know, a matter of time with Yuri Perez. Um and I absolutely love him at this price. Um in what, you know, we're close to pick eighty. Um uh, yeah. I, I'm
1: totally in there. I what I would say, I mean obviously the pitcher, the the actual player, like Absolutely. Just, just looking at him, it reminds me of like the. I don't know if it's just like the Marlins photo, but like growing up playing fantasy, where you like had to have like Dontrell Willis or something. Like he has that type of allure where you're like, oh my gosh, if I had Yuri Perez he looks on like my an roster, ace. he looks like an yes, and a raw. Ro- you know, just to look at your roster and have Yuri Perez on there would be so exciting. That said, I think the only way I will have shares is if I draft him kind of with a plan or like a package just because of the, the hundred and I mean, he's projected for 130 innings. I think if he, if it all goes the right way, maybe that creeps up a little bit. But when you look at like the whip projections are a little bit higher. Like, I think I would just want to pair him with a Zach Eflin type as like a one, two punch or even like a Logan Gilbert, who even though he's younger is kind of a ho-hum workhorse volume guy uh, cause it's like Perez is, is the, the sizzle. I, w- I would want the steak as well. Cause when, when the actual production time comes and God forbid there's, you know, the, if the rest of your staff gets banged up or something, like you do need volume at the front of your rotation, right? Like, do you have any concerns around that Steve? Around um, volume, sure. There definitely
0: is some risk baked, baked in with it. Um, you know, I, I lean back on the fact that he did, you know, get to, um, a number that it, it is, Respectful. you know, cl- yeah, respectable right. and close, closer to sure. average, honestly, across two levels, especially coming off 2022, where he only had 77 innings. So that's um, true. the that's fact that he was able to build on that, um, you know, the Marlins had a decent year and like develop all these pitchers so well, um, and, and want to take the next step and like. I could see them you know leaning on Yuri Perez and if he's ready to go like this this being it this this is the year that that he's you know thrown to the wolves and and makes his 25 28 starts and at all at the major league level you know assuming health um so I, yeah there obviously is Risk in, in, in taking a picture like this, especially if he's like your first pitcher off the board, and yeah, I could see being much more comfortable if you do grab, you know, a gallon, Gossman, uh, Castillo, or something like that from from that tier, mm-hmm. and then you raise your your SP two and and being okay with a little bit of a downside, but I don't know, um, I just see the you know the 23, yeah. twenty three twenty twenty four percent swing strike rate on the slider. Um, you know, a fastball that's ninety-eight miles an hour, um, and you know has a strike six percent, foot eight, a, a six foot eight, and is a has a seventy-three percent strike percentage. You know, um, that's
1: like, just insane, I, man. It, He's like just, made in a lab, yeah. yeah like, like, so this we've taught anyone who's listening to the show knows we we brought this up in the past, like the Shane McClanahan that's like ADP one hundred, but you're willing to reach a little bit because they could be the next. You know, you mentioned Spencer Strider, Steve. I think one of the other ones was uh, well. Last year we were talking about it with Hunter Green, and that yeah. one didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, this one is twenty picks sooner than some of those For like sure. hundred pick sure. ADP For ones, sure. and he's right next to. I have to ask Bobby Miller, uh, who you're also a fan of. So I think we talked about this uh, on one of our like uh, draft strategy episodes where we were saying you can almost get that volatility early and then find your floor later with like a Chris Definitely. Bassett, for example. So I, I think that's an interesting, unique approach to this year, but it, are you flipping a coin between those two guys or do I, you really like I think I am. more than Bobby
0: Miller? No, okay. I think I am. I, I, you know, the, the tiebreaker for me was that swing strike percentage for, for uh, yeah. Yuri Perez. I think Bob Miller probably has a little bit more floor just because he had 124 innings at the major league level. Um, you know, the, and you could, but you have to project that strikeout upside. I don't. I don't. I have no question that I think that Bobby Miller will get there, as far as like you know, getting to the close to that thirty percent strikeout rate that you want from like a true SP one. Um, but I, 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 that was essentially the tiebreaker for me: this the swing strike rate between Miller and um, Perez. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, and Nick has them sixteenth and seventeenth on the list, which is, which is pretty fitting. I think you bring up a great point. Like, I want Bobby Miller or Yuri Perez early, and I'm cool with taking them as my SP one, and then I'll fill in all my oatmeal guys towards the end. And even on like you know in in shallower daily leagues, like <laughs> with, with waiver wire guys, like you know how, how you know how valuable was you know uh, some guys that you just picked up that were you know, solid starters, like just inning like, like, eaters. Yeah, yeah. Merrill Kelly. Type yeah. Of thing. Like Mary, yeah. You, know, so, you know, not, not even as far as, as far as that goes, but like, you, you know, like a, like a starter that, you, you know, you, no one drafts, but uh, you know, uh, like a Bailey Ober's type of thing, like a Clark Schmidt, um, you know, guys that don't have this unbelievable fantasy appeal, but, are oatmeal guys that you could find and pull your staff in and amend for that. Like I'd rather take the risks on guys earlier and pay up for that uh, yeah. upside and then keep that in mind when filling in the back end of your staff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the players are so good that we almost have no choice, but to like that approach. Cause that's where you have to pay for them. And you don't want to be the manager who has none of these top end arms. So I, I totally get it. Um, I might be a contrarian on, on Bobby Miller. I haven't decided yet uh, just because uh, the doubting Thomas, he has yet to actually game log, show me the same stuff sure. that Yuri Perez yeah. has. So yeah. that might be one thing, uh, unlike a bold prediction. Not that I want to, you know, count him out. I'm sure there's a reason why everyone loves him, but it's, man, top – him being, like, ahead of Blake Snell when he has yet to, like, register a double-digit strikeout game to me is nuts. But. Yeah, you want to see more strikeouts. I think it's easy to project project
0: the strikeouts with Bobby Miller with the stuff sure. that he has.
1: Sure. Okay, well, I guess the, it's a top-heavy show because we've gotten through four names, and we've <laughs> got to get through, uh, let's see, another ten in the next half hour. But we will do it. Uh, But first, we have to talk to you about Factor. Get started on your resolutions, guys, with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more— Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. Head to FactorMeals.com/WAF50 and use code WAF50 to get 50% off. That's code WAF50 at factormeals.com slash WAF50 to get 50% off. All right, Steve. So shifting to our favorite area of the draft to load up on, on pitchers, it's ADP 100 to 200. So in this section, we've got uh, we've got two each. So maybe we'll just alternate back and forth here. I'm starting with one that might be a little deja vu. I grabbed him in uh, our PL mock draft. I, uh, I believe we talked about him on second half breakouts. And to my shock, Nick Pollock sung his praises on the opening segment of PitchCon today. So much that I had to download the app and comment in there and ask Nick for a retroactive seal of approval. It is Nick Pavetta. At ADP 188, uh, and I know, guys, that we're all saying, not Nick Pavetta. This is a Toby. He's built us up to let us down for years and years. He reinvented himself last year, and he's just 30 years old, kind of like Eflin. He feels a lot older than he actually is. On May 28th last year, he made a tweak and introduced a sweeper, uh, completely kind of reinvented this slider sweeper. I think they call it the whirly bird. Uh, that had way more induced vertical break, that IVB that you hear people talking about. Um, It unlocked an unreal second half for Nick Pavetta where he had a 35.4% strikeout rate, a 6.6% walk rate, 102 Ks in 73 innings, a sub one whip, and a 330 ERA. Uh, Steve, you had brought up when we talked about him last, he was uh, third in the whole league in second half stuff plus. And this sweeper did everything for it. Uh, It was actually a driveline Twitter video that talked about how his, uh, I believe, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget if it was OPS or what the number was, but he went from having the worst results against right-handed pitchers to having the best right-handed pitcher results to right-handed batters in the second half. So this like one pitch unlocked everything. I don't know why you would forget about it. But at pick 188, I know it feels boring, but this is one I'm I'm pouncing on as like an SP four if uh, if he's still available. So there's Nick Pavetta. I was happy to, to hear that that Nick was on board with him I was also happy to hear a little bit more of the why, right, rather than just mm-hmm. what happened. Um, because I think I'm in. So thoughts on uh, Pavetta, Steve?
0: Uh, I- I'm I'm totally with you. Um, I know we preach and we have fallen victim on this show, especially to second half splits, especially with starting pitchers. But I think it comes with the caveat that when you're looking at splits and you look for uh, a, 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 a change that was demonstrated that caused these um, improvements to happen, there is no better example than what you explained with Nick Pavetta. There was an actual change to his pitch type and pitch repertoire that led to better results, which is why you are able to weigh those stats more than others. Sure, there was going to be some regression as, you know, the, the league gets a book on him and, and, and knows that he's now throwing this new pitch and, and figured out how to attack that, but there is a new skill growth in there that you can believe in, and I believe that with Nick Pavetta.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would um, probably take him all the way up to, well, I don't want to spoil my my next guy, but I I think right now he's going, oh, I guess on your numbers, Steve, dang it. See, he's climbing already. He's at ADP 182. I would be comfortable grabbing him all the way up in front of Gavin Williams. I think that might be around as high as where I would go. Kind of in a Bailey-Ober type of range. Um, but yeah, I think this number is going to keep moving up fast because the results were already there, and now he's kind of getting the blessing from the industry. Uh, Carlos Rodon with, or Nick Pavetta? I would. I think I would take Pavetta just... And, and if, if he if it falls out, if the bottom falls out, I'm just moving on. Where I think Rodon is going to be a little bit more of like the hipster that you want to figure out. Like Pavetta, Mm -hmm. we've seen when it's bad. So if it is bad, I'll just be like, okay, this is bad. Pavetta, move it on. Um, But I think they both, even though Rodon did it for a full season, Pavetta did it for a second half. They both have proven they can be like top 10 pitchers, which is crazy to say. The difference is, I think Rodon. It's just been longer, and yeah, you had the he's, stuff.
0: Had, he's had longer, longer track records of doing that for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, over to you, Steve, for your first of the pick 100 to 200 pitcher. Um, another guy
0: in the mold that you know, sort of needs to take the next step. Maybe this is more of a prospect play, just because there hasn't been um, that many <laughs> innings at all, really, for him at the major league level. Um that's Shane Baz. Um I-, I lean back to our conversations that we had um with Alex Chamberlain of Fangraphs um just about how much we were ooing and awing and goo goo gaga over Shane Baz and you know the, the bad draft day jokes like Shane Baz or 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 nothing on the on the on the <laughs> napkin pad. Um, that's right. So this is just- Spore, yeah.
1: Spore loved him too. Yeah, like I, the- yeah. yeah.
0: Like, the whole, the whole industry loved him, and now he had the chance to grab MET pick 188. Sign me up. Sure, I know that That's there's still true. some injury risk. I um, believe he should be good to go for, for opening day. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's it's just one of those classic things that, you know, he's not being drafted high because he didn't pitch for the last year. Um, and a half, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm totally in on Shane Boz for all the reasons that we, we fell in love with him before. Nick is too, he's still he's at twenty ninth on the list, uh despite not pitching last year. So um you know, I, I think that there is upside that's easily forgotten when a guy loses a year, especially just as he is about to make um, you know, his 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 full and anticipated full season debut, right? um Mm -hmm. that like he was in in the start of 2022 so um you know there's not much of a of a major league track record to go on but it's easy to forget why he was like the most hyped prospect heading into 2022 so and he was being drafted probably what around pick pick uh, 120 yeah yeah, 60 picks higher than this um heading into that year so a nice discount just for essentially just you know missing a year so uh I'm good with that and and like Shane Boz a lot in the, in this range.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I almost think a lot of the points you brought up for Yuri Perez, although maybe volume. Yes. Perez has a leg up with that. Like you said that he's got that 120 and he plus he had a under
0: 17% his swing strike rate at the major league level. Boz has not done that. yet. Is
1: there is there any doubt on that part though, Steve, cuz I like I think we would be shocked if he didn't have like pitching ninja level what you know what i mean like whiff leader all that stuff i i
0: think the floor is like last year's hunter green which is frustrating um but you know has that that stuff but i I don't even think that he has that much of a walk problem like so that's probably not giving him um that much credit or like you know a bad fastball problem um yeah, I think Boz's upside or you know for probably is a, a bit higher One, than that. So but maybe here's, the results, here's results. For. This might
1: help you. This might make you feel good. I, I was looking at this earlier, speaking about the auction calculator. When you pull up pitchers, you know you've got like thirty on the first page. They they have it sorted from high dollar to low dollar, of course, and then you can see the ADP. So just like scanning that list, I was like, okay, who's a pitcher whose ADP is like deep? Who's in this range? And I don't have it in front of me, but it was like the thirtieth best auction calculator uh, pitcher in terms of the return was Shane Boz. and it's like you see this one eighty ADP versus all these other ones that are mm-hmm. like you know double digit numbers, and I think that's even with him only being projected out for like a hundred innings. So I think they've got him as like this super ratio helping type of pitcher um yeah we so talked I'm, about I'm, that I'm with, with
0: chamberlain too like it's one of the rare pitching prospects that that uh projections were in on so like yeah for, for someone yeah. for a His, projection system that you know does all it can to regress and bring down unproven players pitchers um it, it goes to show how much they believe in in the stuff and, and and what he's done at the minor league level so yeah that's a good point too um I just I'm excited to be able to draft Shane Boz that late
1: yeah for sure and honestly that's the segue to my second guy because Boz with limited uh volume but high impact to your roster is almost like a long relief which brings us to Michael King who's my second one in the mix here uh so Michael King basically uh after years and years of being one of the best like bulk relievers kind of his own category of a fantasy player uh, now finds himself with a rotation spot for the Padres. And he himself is being projected for kind of that same Yuri Perez type of range of like 140 innings. Um, But Steve, I I've got to do a, a little bit more of a deep dive on King as it relates to like when we saw him start, what, you know, were the numbers, did the numbers go down at all, things like that. But just looking at him and having seen his stuff from Pitching Ninja, all that stuff, he has elite, elite stuff when it comes to swing and miss. And the fact that like last year we saw uh, how many innings? 104 innings where he had a 275 ERA and pretty much a 30% strikeout rate. And you can get him at an ADP of uh, what? Michael King... 152 so he's going after a guy like jordan montgomery uh is going after a guy like hunter green i think he's hunter green with less of the like cherry bomb aspect um this is totally a buy for me i think michael king will be an sp3 for a lot of my teams and in a way sky's the limit as long as volume is there and his arm doesn't fall off but what are your thoughts on michael king yeah, that, that's sort of the thing. None of the stuff for
0: Velo or anything sort of dropped off. It was like the, you know, um, Carlos Carrasco when he first made the change from the from the bullpen um, to a starter and and broke out. Um, like you know the, the the there wasn't a corresponding dip in stuff when he was asked to go. Um, Multiple innings, essentially, which is rare for, you know, when a guy transitions from the bullpen to um, a starting role. And as someone that reaped the benefits of sort of, you know, I, I remember talking about streaming Michael King, and then, you know, uh, he, he was one of those guys that you picked up and you sort of never let go um, uh, at the end of last year. And I think the fact that, he was a guy that the Padres targeted in a return for Juan Soto. Tells you that, you know, an, another organization believes him in him and, and believes that they could be a starter and is someone that they wanted in giving up, you know, um, one of the most valuable position players in all of baseball. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, sure, um, there may be. A, a bit of regression and 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 seeing if he can do this over a full season is a question mark but I don't have any doubts that he can't be a solid innings eater middle of the rotation fantasy guy um that is on rosters all year long with with those results that he did like talk about a game log guy like you know there was a 13 strikeout game 13 versus Toronto strikeouts. 9 versus Milwaukee um you know and, and and sure there there were some some short starts um to start but he was going 6 7 innings towards the towards the end of the year um and it wasn't yeah, like he, he was there, he was just this single inning guy um you know he always pitched two innings like in, in the beginning of the season um three three innings uh, you know a, a lot too so i i think that there is, he he's being like i really wanted to squeeze him on my on, on my on my list here and i couldn't decide if 150 where he's being drafted at right now as the 62nd pitcher off the board was too high or too low like i'm still torn in between <sighs> if I'm, it's like wow do i have to spend that much to get michael king it's like wow michael king's going that late and he was that good uh, So it's a, a little bit in both directions for me. Um,
1: I guess, like, I think there's just a like, chime in, and this is uh, speculation, but the there's such a batch of the youngsters with Yuri Perez, Bobby Miller, Cole Reagans, like, all the, you know, just looking at Michael King, if he didn't have the background that he had and you looked at projections of, like, what he can be with 140 innings – if you put it on one of those rookies, I feel like you would take that. You know what I mean? Definitely. That's like my response to it. But I guess you could. The, the flip is Shane Boz is 30 picks later. Yeah. And it's a kind of a similar discussion. I think. But King's 140. I think Boz, you'd be lucky to get to 115, 120.
0: Yeah. I uh, I, I, there's also just the fact that he was a reliever for two years before that. Uh, a good one. But, um, you know, the uh, it's a little different uh, coming up. As a as a traditional start, not saying it can't be done. Like, it can be, and and that presents mm-hmm. a buying opportunity too, because of those hesitations that I just expressed. But it doesn't yeah, always uh, work
1: coming from the pen. Yeah, that's there's you know, a little risk in that. Um, the, the, the the
0: there there's a lot to like. Um, you know, uh, a sinker that that's that's you know gets a lot of ground balls. Um, a slider that misses bat, said a good clip, um, and 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 a changeup too that uh, you know is in the 89th percentile as far as uh, swinging strike rate with that. So uh, yeah, he doesn't have the, the fast pitches. Yeah, guys. he doesn't yeah, have the, the fastball, but the it's Vivo. more of a sinker, slider, changeup, um, you know, four seamer for 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 called strikes type of thing. Um, so and, and it works. It, 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 it he found. Uh, something that worked it is just concerning because like there was only three starts last year four starts we went five innings or more right i i know it was it's tough to judge because he did sort of just transition to a to a starter um basically basically in september um so it's like a month sample like so how much do you believe in that really good month sample is the, is the pushback I'll give there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a bulk reliever, too, I think is the sure. only other thing yeah. I would note. Yes. That it was like, he, you know, we'd see like him for three and four it. inning stretches just dominate. So, okay, Michael King, we, we discussed a very interesting one. Uh, Steve, you have one more in this range.
0: Yeah, this this is more of uh, the type that I was describing in, in like a, a prospect arm that – um, you know, may not have had the greatest year, but shows a lot of signs to to be able to take the next step, um, and that is Hunter Brown. Um, you know, there was a lot of up and downs in Hunter Brown last year, um, but I lean on the the twenty seven percent strikeout rate in his first one hundred fifty five major, major league innings. Um, you know, there was a point where it looked like he was you know, on his way to a really good year and then sort of nosedive and, and, and hit a cliff especially towards the end of the year. Um in September alone there were three starts where he had uh six or more earned runs. Um there was another one in August uh that he had six or more earned runs. So it really looks like he fell off a cliff once he got to that, you know, hundred twenty Um, inning threshold, but I think under the hood there is um, a really good pitcher here with a really good fastball. Um, that has a you know elite CSW, um, a a slider that he can get whiffs on. Um, not as much as not not as much as you, you you would you would like looking at it now. It seems like yeah, the secondaries need to sort of take that next step. But, um, you know, when you talk about a young pitcher, like one of the things that you would want is that really good fastball to start and then the secondaries to come. And he's in an organization that knows how to get the most out of of those guys. Um, So I I trust the Astros. I trust Hunter Brown um, as a pitcher to, you know, take those next steps. Um, there's a great article on Pitcher List by Nate Schwartz that just came out um, last week. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much. Go out and read it. Um, but it's Hunter Brown is, is ready for liftoff, and it just talks about you know all of those next things that he needs to take, um, you know, uh, to to get there. And I and I really think that he, that he will um, to to have that sort of fastball to lean on. Um, I, I think that the the secondaries will come. Um, you know, it, it was a really rough second half for him. It really was like, yeah, he was looking Velo, like a rookie Velo of the year a little bit, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And then he like was not really rosterable in in, in the second half. But I think that sort of prevents, provides more of a of a buying opportunity uh, for sure w- 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 with Hunter Brown. So um, you know, you kind of have to squint and you hope that. You have to, you know, wish cast and project that those secretaries take a take another step, but
1: um I think that he should be able to do it. Yeah, this is such a nice area of the draft for ups like unlike other years, I won't be devastated if one of these guys gets, you know, quote unquote sniped because there's so many in this same range. Like you know, I I talked about Pavetta. Uh, who's, you know, 20 picks after Michael King. And then there's Shane Boz right next to him. There's Hunter Brown right next to him. Uh, I like Brian Wu, who's right there. We'll talk about another guy. Like, that's such a great spot in the draft. And all the reasons you laid out are great ones for, for Hunter Brown, that when it's good, he can be as good as any of those other guys we're talking about. He just wobbled at the end, which kind of brought down his draft price, which is great. And then... The uh, benefit is the volume that he did throw 155 innings. You His, know, he throws a
0: slider um, 91.3 miles an hour. Like there is no way that that pitch
1: is going to stay see. as bad as he as bad as it did. No, that is very very fast for a slider. So, um, yeah, the knuckle, yeah, the knuckle curve, uh, just an awesome repertoire for for Hunter Brown. Just 25, and he's already starting to get the the volume along with the fact that the Astros are. You know, one of the the very best at getting the most out of their pitchers. So, uh, like the ground ball rate, right? like it all for Hunter Brown. Uh, I I think that's a great one. Um, let's get to ADP two hundred and beyond is probably how we'll we'll package these together. But we have to take our second ad break. We'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, I think maybe we just do the uh, the daily double. For, uh, like, I'll hit on my two guys okay. at I like this it. range I like and then it. you hit on yours if, yep, if you're cool with that. Let's do it. Okay, so I got two guys, kind of convenient here, that were formerly teammates uh, on the LA Dodgers. There is Ryan Pepio. I want to say Richie because I work with a Richie Pepio. Ryan <laughs> Pepio and Charlotte Emmett Richie. Sheehan. Uh, yeah. So Ryan Pepio, first of all, got dealt to the Tampa Bay Rays. And this is part of the glass now Mm -hmm. move. But uh, do I need to say any more about Pepe on the race? No, I'm (laughs) kidding. Uh, We were already excited about Pepe. Uh, He has been a name on our radar for two and a half seasons. Last year, uh, I think he came up. It didn't look as good. He had a stint in the minors. And then the big change was he completely found his control while he was down in the minors. Uh, Came up and looked great in the second half. Uh, this is a guy who has a changeup slider, fastball combo. Um, very, very like big frame, great stuff. We've always been excited about him. The control was always the issue where you look at it and you're like, man, if he, that 11% walk rate could come down. Well, it came down in a drastic way at the end of last year. And then he got moved to Tampa uh, where they will be fully leaning on him, unlike the Dodgers who kind of, you know, they've tinkered, they bring him up, they send him down. The the Rays need Pepio. He is a part of their project. So uh, with an ADP of 202, but I think this might be kind of cheating because in your date range, Pepio is pick 195. So a consolation prize if you miss out on Pavetta, Boz, and Hunter Brown. Um, I also like Brian Wu, but I, I really like Pepio and the more raised pitchers, the better for me. The second one on my list is Emmett Sheehan, uh, who stayed with the Dodgers. Now there's a little bit more playing time confusion, I guess you could call it, because uh, once Walker Buehler is back, which might be like May, late April, depending on how they handle it. So there's there's kind of six guys in that rotation right now vying for you know everyday starts. Sheehan would be the one to go. That said, ADP 261, this is uh, quite a discount, and this is one that uh, when he came up last year looked really, really good. Uh, only 60 innings, but if you throw that like qualified number out from a volume standpoint, he was 13th amongst all major league pitchers on swinging strike rate, 13th. Uh, And that's all thanks to the secondary stuff. His slider, his changeup, both have great whiffs. Um, He, unlike Pepio, still has the walk issue where it's hovering around 10%. You'd love to see that come down. Uh, But Sheehan's another one that had 122 innings last season. So kind of that same range as Yuri Perez, where you could see them taking a big step forward and and throwing like 140, 150 innings. Uh, So he'll need to prove it in April in order to kind of fend off Bueller or make them really think about, uh, you know, a six man rotation, or maybe it's a life finds a way type of thing and somebody gets injured, which you never hope for, but that would lead to everyday playing time. Uh, but that's Emmett Sheehan, very solid fastball, great extension, great velo, uh, locates it high. It's kind of the Blake Snell blueprint. Um, and yeah, I- I'm a big fan at this price, especially. I think he's. Uh, I thought he would be much more of an investment, um, but hope, hopefully that stays the case. And that, again, was my my number. So, yeah, 257 on, on your ADP list. So those are my two, Steve, Pepio and an- Sheehan. Another guy in Sheehan
0: that you, I can kind of just look at one number in the swing strike rate and and be in. Um, so, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of upside and a lot to like. I think I would lean Pepio just because there was a lot to like you know, I, I just doing uh, on the Pitchless player page, like when you look for more articles. Like we've talked about him, we talked about him on our preview show last year. We talked about him in season as a stream, um, and there was a there was a, a a change after he went down to the minors and the control was fixed. I, I I forget what it was exactly, but there may have been. A we change. talked like, about it on one of our shows. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. What it whether it was like a a new stance on the mound, a new grip with a change up I think it was a new change up grip, but whatever it was it led it unlocked that control and he still was able to keep that elite elite change up um and like when i when the Rays target a pitcher with with like one tool like that like look at what happened with Zach Eflin like I want Ryan Teppio on like all of my rosters next year so um, I like both yep. those names. I think He's I would project- slightly Pe- lean Pepio out though.
1: Pepio's projected for 136 innings, but he only threw 64 last year across all levels. So, uh Shehan actually threw a little bit more than him. Uh you get a bigger discount on Sheehan but I I hear you. In a vacuum, I would take Pepio yep. over Shehan. So, uh let's hear your your daily double here, Steve. So a guy that we've also talked about, I think,
0: on, on previous episodes back in December, Shota Amanaga. Um, he signed yes. in the time um, since we last spoke about him. So oh, he, may not be, he may not be in this range for much longer. He's at pick 205, but he went to the Cubs. Um, and, and the reasons why I liked him, I, I've preached before. Uh, in the sample from the World Baseball Classic he, um, that, you know, Saris provided, he had the best stuff plus. Um, he has a 70-grade command on fan graphs. He signed with a team that, you know, sure, the, the wind does blow out in, in, in Wrigley, but it's a it's a decent place to pitch early in the season, and when the wind's blowing in, it's, it's, a, it's a good place to pitch. Um, right. It's a team that, you know, is looking to take the next step and has done a good job with the pitchers that they have signed that are more veteran pitchers. I know Monica is not technically a veteran, but he is an older guy, but you know, Marcus Stroman comes to mind, um, as a recent example, um, for someone that did well when they went to Chicago. So, um, I'm relatively happy with, with, with the landing spot and think that for a guy that, you know, again, uh, you know, these international guys from MPB or, or the KBO, um, come over and uh, th- there's just a built-in discount because there's no MLB stat line on them for the last year um but that does not mean that they they could be they they may not be um as good. I don't know if he has the upside clearly as, you know, Yamamoto who's being drafted essentially as an sb one Um I don't even know if he has the upside of Asenga, but I think he could definitely be like a like a like a solid SP2/3. And I picked 200, mm-hmm. I think that's still a great, great value. Um, the other guy is a guy that I'm just absolutely in love with. And uh, I know that there's a lot of volume risk and potentially closer risk or reliever risk. But, you know, the fact that Mason Miller, is, as good as that stuff that he is, with how reliant the fantasy community has become on stuff like. I'm sort of giddy that that he has is, is is in a situation where he potentially may be the closer in the bullpen. or, You know, I hope that if he is a starter, like don't announce it. You know, you know let him start like two weeks into April. Um, let me get <laughs> yeah. this amazing draft prize for Mason Miller at, at ADP two thirty, just because um, the stuff is absolutely absolutely incredible, um, and, and and you know, like best stuff in the major potential sort of stuff. Sure. Uh, it does not come there. There, there wouldn't be a, an amazing jump in in price too because of the fact that he has so much innings risk and injury risk and only pitched thirty three innings at the major league level last year. Um, and it would be hard to project anything more than like a hundred. But you know, if he is a starter, uh, and if there's any chance of him even being a starter, um, I absolutely love him at, at this price and sort of hope that. <laughs> There isn't anything that comes out that they're going to, you know, start him from day one or anything like that, just to keep this price down selfishly.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. That that's going to be one to watch all all spring. Um, but that could be similar to what we were saying—that kind of like a long relief type of or Michael a closer. King-Ball.
0: Like, I, I, okay, fine, I'll have a be in the bullpen, but you know, make him the closer. Then.
1: The closer, yeah, yeah. give get me saves and, and some good ratios. So. Yeah. Yeah, those are great ones. Uh shifting to our our beyond pick 300 kind of uh rushing a little bit. But mine's easy here, Steve, because a little bit boring, but James Paxton is is now an LA Dodger. And Paxton was one that if you remember all last summer when he was in his groove, looked really really good. The the fastball velo is back up to 95 like the like the golden age for Paxton. Um, the guy gets a strikeout per inning in his sleep and, and always has. Uh, the walks were up a little bit. Uh, at 8% would like to see that come down. but And obviously he's, he's fragile. But when you look at like an ADP for Paxton um, and on your list, pick 422. This is a guy who could put together like, you know, a top 40 SP stretch for months and months at a time as long as he stays healthy. Plus you have the Dodgers with him. Uh, where obviously you got a lot of win potential. And this is a guy that last year, uh, you know, went six a handful of times. Um, I just think Paxton, when he's in a groove, still looks like one of the best and put him with the Dodgers. It's not like I'm circling him and saying I need him in every draft, but at pick 450 on some of those deeper like DC 50 leagues. uh, Yeah, I'm in on Paxton there.
0: Yeah, uh, I think we talked about Paxton a lot. Like, if he can get above that ninety-five miles an hour, like he is a usable and good starting pitcher. He was at ninety-five point two last year. Like, you know, the fact that the Dodgers—it's another one like the Rays. Like, that's sort of all you need to know. Um, so, uh, I, I like it and think that that is a a really really nice discount for for James Paxton for someone that you know gave you ninety-six innings of of you know, relatively good, um, you know, back end of the rotation, um, fantasy baseball numbers. Right. Um, I, I, I'm with it. Um, Nick believes too. He's at, he's 59th on the, on the list. So what that's like SB four or five range. Like if you, you, you know, you have to sp- like, uh, again, like sure, this might not be the perfect example because of how, how much injury risk James Paxton carries and the fact that he's 35 years old, but like, you know, you could supplement your guys with guys in that mix. you know that may not be, you know, they they're going to have their warts, but they could fill in your your appetite for risk uh, in in the earlier rounds yeah. with upside guys like like Perez or Bobby Miller. So,
1: yep. But yours has a little bit more sizzle to it, Steve. So talk to me about your name here. Yeah, um, I hope I I do
0: it justice and pronounce it right, but it's Hurston Waldrup. Um, a guy who was drafted just last year. He was the 24th pick by the Braves. Um, but what is super interesting and probably even more interesting than any of the stats is the fact that he pitched at four levels last year. He pitched at a ball, high a double a and triple a. Um, so like <laughs> talk about shooting through yeah. uh, a minor league organization and, um, yeah, it's almost unheard of, you know, even like five, ten years ago, even as recently as a few years ago, that a, that a pitcher would be, you know, a, a pitch at all four levels of the minors um, in, in one, their draft. In year. Year. <laughs> There's a lot of times that pitchers don't even pitch in the year that they're drafted. Right. Like, uh, you know, I know that's sometimes the case with with college arm guys that are, that are coming off of uh, um A a season of pitching in college But he did too He he pitched in college in Florida Um, Like this The the Braves are super aggressive With with guys that um, You know um, Come through their organization Especially on the pitching end Um so that just sh- sh- shows me that like he may be up relatively soon, like the second that they need an arm. The fact that he went through all four levels uh, of the minors in his draft year—that's absolutely amazing. Um, sure, there there were some law concerns, but he he struck out a lot of guys, and it wasn't many innings. It was it was like basically one or two starts at each level. But hey, he still got those um, the, those starts there, uh, and the Braves are not gun What's his ADP? Uh, His ADP is 614, so, so, so way yeah, down so the there. the deepest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. Like it a lot, yeah. So, I mean, we got prospect slots in my home league, so this will be a great one uh, for me to kind of stash Ooh. away, Steve. That's, that's a good one there. Yeah, I, I put an honorable mention on Chris Paddock as well because it seemed like two years back he was finally looking like he was finding something and then – Had, uh, I think, his second Tommy John, so he's one that you'll have to watch the health closely in spring, but the Twins, everything they've been doing with their pitching staff has been phenomenal, So, uh, and Paddock was an early case of that before he got injured, so uh, Chris Paddock was was an honorable mention for me going this deep uh, at pick 378, so... Uh, we'll have plenty of off season to keep talking about. And, all these and guys, real right, quick, Steve?
0: Bryce Elder is still spotted in as that fifth slot uh, on the Braves rotation, even with uh, the acquisition of Chris Sale. So I know Elder had his moments last year, but
1: Not, it, it, the, the
0: Braves. Seeming like they they were always in search for like a four and five starter last year, right? Yeah, um, Smith Sale, and, exactly, yeah. exactly. And Shaver was another up, guy that went from moved through the organization single yeah. A to. To the majors last year, and sure, that's also competition for, for Waldrop. But I think that you know he probably has better stuff than him. Uh, overall, he has an absolutely insane splitter, which you know um, we, we we see how, even though it is a risky profile, we see how that how well that could work with guys like Senga and and uh, and Gossman there. Uh, yeah, not saying that yeah. that's that's what he's going to be, but that's like the the wish casting upside projection
1: there. No doubt, it's a great name. Okay, guys. Well, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we missed you while we were away. We will be now back. Uh, is it weekly now, Steve? I think we've got some. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. Spo- I don't want to spoil
0: anything till anything's official. But there's some exciting stuff. Yeah, we're weekly soon. I don't. I, th- I think that that should be. Yeah, I think PitchCon was the, the marker for that. So as we get into the draft season, we, we're definitely going to be k- kicking up the uh, the. The frequency of episodes. I know we're, we're probably going to do our next draft next week. Maybe talk about the first round, and then yes, yeah, some exciting stuff. I don't want to spoil anything till it's official, but some some cool stuff that I'm super excited about. I know you are too, man. Uh, oh yeah, no, no
1: to, doubt. Get, to get no going doubt. for for the In the meantime, guys, season. definitely go out, go out, check out PitchCon as well. Uh, Pitcherlist.com slash PitchCon. Uh, Hopefully you made it this far in our episode, but uh, tomorrow I'll be on as well, like I mentioned, uh, at at 11 a.m. Eastern. So very much looking forward to that and looking forward to the rest of the offseason with you guys. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at winsabovepod. I'm at van underscore verified, and Steve is at stav8818. That wraps us up for episode 126. Thank you guys for talking baseball with us. Thanks for listening, guys. Go
0: watch Van on PitchCon and go donate. Uh, Great cause. (laughs) Thanks again. Bye.